You're listening to History Man, the platform for historians, authors, and storytellers to reach the world. Walk in the footsteps of heroes and proclaim freedom reigns. On today's episode, we are fortunate to have Sherry Davis, the Education Director of Liberty Live. Welcome, Sherry. Good to be here. Before we get started, we'd like to give a shout out to a couple of our affiliates. Long Gone LLC specializes in genealogical research and guided historical tours in Camden, South Carolina and Southern Campaign 1780, providing living history experiences that educate, entertain, and inspire. Both of these affiliates can be found on Facebook. So Sherry, tell us a little bit about Liberty Live. Well, you just mentioned Southern Campaign 1780, and Liberty Live is the education component of that. And what we do is that uh, we go out to schools, uh, all ages. We go to... um, living history events. We go to DAR meetings, SAR meetings, things like that. Anybody who wants a program that we might be able to offer them some education about uh, Revolutionary War, backcountry life, things of that nature. There's a growing interest in the Revolutionary War as we approach the 250th anniversary of the Revolutionary War. And Liberty Live is an integral part of getting that education out and doing so in a way that is enthusiastic to the listeners. I mean, they, they, are, they gravitate to, uh, to what y'all are doing. So thank you for being here. Well, we, we certainly enjoy what we do. We especially love working with the kids because we know that if we can engage the kids in something hands-on that they will remember, uh, that it makes history come alive for them, and that hopefully in years to come they'll remember that, and then they'll want to be a part of the history. They'll want to become a reenactor. They'll want to become a living history person. And so hopefully we're training young ones now for the future. How'd you get involved with Liberty Live? <laughs> uh, I'm a high school biology teacher by trade. Uh, and uh, when we had our organizational meeting with Southern Campaign, they already had a program, um, Liberty Live. Uh, but it was more military, and it wasn't... Uh, set to the South Carolina standards and that's something as teachers we totally understand that everything needs to be set to the standards and so I volunteered to said you know I can take what you do and set it to the South Carolina standards so that when we advertise this to teachers we are covering what they're going to be talking about in the classroom and things that they will be tested on in their state testing and so make it more applicable to the teachers and things like that. Well, how would a teacher or a principal or an educator who's looking for this type of investment into their classroom, how would they reach you? Uh, They can get on our website, southerncampaign1780.org, and you'll click on the link, Educational Opportunities, and there's Liberty Live. And you'll pop me an email, and we can get the ball rolling. We've got you here today to tell a story about the Revolutionary War. What what kind of story have you brought to us today? Well, uh, it's, it's a personal story. Um, Of course, you talked about Long Gone and their genealogy services and things like that. Well, a lot of us that do this reenacting or this history uh, that are members of DAR, Colonial Dames, things of that nature, we're really into genealogy. And uh, I found an ancestor, a six times great-grandfather named James McCrory. And I had been researching and researching him while we were living in Virginia. And all of a sudden, we moved to Camden. And he was at the Battle of Camden. Wow. And he was at the Battle of Calpins. And he's from Guilford Courthouse. So it's like, ooh, maybe I'm, I've come home to my roots. I, I don't know. But that, that's, that's my guy. That's James McCrory. Uh, he was a member of the 9th Regiment of the North Carolina Line. He immigrated here. Uh, his father, Thomas, 
mother, Hannah, and him and eight brothers and sisters immigrated from uh, Larga, Antrim, Ireland, Antrim County, Ireland. And they came over in 1775 when he was 17 years old. And then by 1776, his dad, himself, uh, his brother Thomas Jr., and then his brother Hugh had all joined up with the Continental Army. So where were they living at? Okay, they came in through Baltimore. That's where their ship landed. And then they moved down to Guilford County, North Carolina. So that's where they were from when they came to the colonies. Where is that particular county? Scotland? Ireland? The, uh, the Antrim County. Antrim. Isn't that, okay. uh, isn't that the Ulster region of Yes, Ireland? it is. And, and they hated the English over there. And that's why they left, is to get away from them. And they left out of Belfast on the ship, came here, moved down to Guilford Courthouse, what eventually became the Guilford Courthouse. And then within a year, you know, they were back fighting the English again. <laughs> so, amazing. And, and from accounts that I've read from all the family, uh, uh, the brothers and the dad that served, um, and their war pension statements and things like that, it doesn't sound like they turned down very many fights. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big family of fighters. <laughs> You're actually in a military family now, right? I mean, y'all yes. are tied to the military now, so y'all just don't get along with anybody. Is that what you're doing? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> somebody's got to do it. we got to take one for the team. We can, we can do it. We can do it. But, uh, but, but yeah, uh, that, that's one thing I find very interesting when doing genealogy is, I don't know if there's any truth into this, but sometimes I think there's a lot of that wrapped up in your DNA and how people are brought up. We have a very strong sense of patriotism for this country, and I think that comes from people like them, is that, you know, they came here and they made this their country and they were very proud of their country and they didn't want anybody really telling them what to do with their country. And so I, I think that kind of resonates with our family and the more family members I research, the more I'm finding I come from a long line of people willing to stand up for their beliefs. Well, do you think it was a rebellious personalities or do you think it was more of a personality of independence? Uh, it could have been a little bit of both. I mean, they are Irish, you know, <laughs> I, you know, you know, from Northern Ireland. And, uh, but I, I think it was independence. I, I think there's a strong streak of, we want to be here. We want to live our own life. Not really, you know, we understand that there is a greater good, but at the same time, don't be telling us how to handle our business. So in the, I, th I think in, so. In the research that you've done, tell me a little bit more about them. Yeah. Uh, well, um, of course, when they all joined up in 1776, um, the father, Thomas, evidently, I think they had to be fairly rich because, uh, you know, he was able to be a commissioned officer right off the bat, okay. formed his own militia, which all of his sons were under him, uh, just getting them over here to this country, all of the, the, the right. amount of money he would have to pay. Right. Because I can't find anything. So they were a fairly new family. There were a couple different migrations. Ones right. That happened years before that. So, right. Uh, right. Because I can't find where anybody got any head right off off of them. What so, is a head right? Okay, a head right system is like when, uh, so like you were wanting to migrate to the, to the colonies, and I would pay for your way to come. Now a head right means that I pay for your way, and then. Uh, the government may also give me land back for that. Uh, I have another ancestor that ended up getting almost 3,500 acres down in Norfolk, uh, Virginia, because he transported so many people. He paid passage for so many people to come to the colonies that he was rewarded back with money or in land. And so that's a head right system. They count the heads. 
Right. And uh, in fact, he uh, actually transported George Washington's great grandfather on his mother's side. Wow. So that was your Norfolk people. That was my Norfolk people. Not okay. these people. My Norfolk people. Sorry, okay. I digress. No, that's, that's okay. All right. So there was not a head right when he brought his family. Not over. with McCory. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he had to pay for all of them to come. And that was a total of uh, eight, nine, 10, 11 people to come. Wow. On the ship. Wow. Do you, and, do you know the name of the ship? Not off the top of my head. I know it's written down somewhere, but I can't remember which one, and I didn't write that down. Okay, so. all right. So so they came and they settled in, around Guilford Courthouse? In the, Yeah, it's in a Guilford city? County, which I'm assuming becomes Guilford Courthouse, eventually the Battle Guilford Courthouse okay. in that area all right. All right. in North Carolina. But they all, um, like I said, they all enlisted. But when they enlisted, and they were in the 9th Regiment of the North Carolina line, uh, they actually went north to fight first. So they were actually at Brandywine. They were at Germantown, the Battle of Germantown. In fact, their father uh, was wounded, and he eventually died from his wounds that he suffered in Germantown. Um, and so we're not talking militia. We're talking as a part line. of the Continental Line. Continental Line. So they were under George Washington and Brandywine wow. uh, and things like that. And then um, Hugh and James... James being my great-grandfather, six times great-grandfather, they were actually at Valley Forge during the winter of Valley Forge. And supposedly, now this, this is the part I'm still working on, supposedly uh, they had nine regiments. And when they came into Valley Forge, I think the, the, the troops had been so decimated through these battles leading into that that the nine regiments were reorganized into three. And... It was during this time that James McCory was promoted to an ensign, and there on his tombstone it says he is a lifeguard of Washington. I can't find that in his pension statement. I can't find there's not a list of lifeguards. You know, there's what, partial list. What is a lifeguard? Um, I think for most of our listeners, they're thinking about a guy in a speedo with a. <laughs> <laughs> No, not so much. Uh, it is my understanding that these were um, military personnel that basically would have guarded George Washington, General Washington, as he went about his daily tasks. They would have stood outside his tent. They would have stood guard there. They would have saw to his personal needs, like, you know, I'm hungry. Go get me food, I guess. I don't know. But but that's a lifeguard position. Okay. Uh, now, it is on his tombstone down in Alabama because that's where his land grant ended. That's where he ended up after the war was down right. in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And uh, it's on his tombstone. And when I got to digging, like, who would put that on his tombstone? Because it's not in his pension statement. But it is in uh, some type of record there at the Alabama State Archives. But I don't know if it's something that somebody wrote or if it's an actual document. I see. I hadn't seen it yet, so I don't know. Okay. So what then? So uh, they're, up, they're up at uh, Brandywine. They're up at uh, Valley Forge. They're, they've, com- they've consolidated those continental units out of North Carolina into three instead of nine. What, what after that? Well, the, his pension says, his pension record says that the supernumerary officers of which he was one were sent back down south to do recruiting okay so i'm assuming a supernumerary officer is one that you know is an ensign that's you've got too many officers so we're going to send some of the officers back down south or out on recruiting missions so he goes back down south 
He does recruiting. Uh, he eventually joins the nine months men. Again, I'm assuming that's your, your servant for nine months. And it's during this time that he ends up in the Battle of Stono. He, so he's now he's down in the Southern Campaign he's, Theater. I'm talking about Stono Ferry. Yeah, at, Stono at, Ferry. At Charleston, right? So, of... so he's down at Stono Ferry, and he's at the Battle of Camden. Okay. Okay, because uh, it says in his pension statement, was at Gates's defeat. It doesn't say at the Battle of Camden. It says Gates' defeat. And that's what we know the Battle of Camden as being. And after the Battle of Camden, you kind of lose track on his pension statement, but it says that he was captured by Banaster Tarleton's dragoons. Really? He and his brother Hugh. They were captured in February. 1780? Yes, it would be in the 1780. And they were sent to a prison ship in Wilmington, New Jersey. So he has gone from North Carolina to fight up north, back down south to recruit, fight a little bit in the southern theater, captured, gets sent back up to a prison ship. And one of the family legends is, is that um, the only thing they were served on the prison ship to eat was navy beans. And he swore when he ever got out of that prison ship, he would never eat another navy bean, nor would one be served in his house. And for several generations, the McCorys did not eat navy beans. And how do you know this? Uh, going through family records. Um, so individual family records. Individual this certainly family. isn't off the pension record. No, no, that's off the pension record. This is off of individual family wow, records. Wow, isn't that interesting? So, you know, when you start looking at old Bibles and things like that, and you look at old letters, and then you, you know, and I'm sure it's oral history. A lot of it has to be oral history. Sure. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, no Navy beans. Let me digress just a little bit and get back to the pension records. Where did you find the pension records? Uh, th- at the National Archives. And people will get those and they'll put them on Ancestry.com. Right. Uh, what's really nice is when you have the, a copy of the actual pension statement that somebody wrote out, and then you find the person who's taken the time to type it out, what it says, because it's hard to read some of that handwriting yeah, sometimes. So is. I have copies of both, so you kind of know exactly what was right, said. Right. And, uh, but, but yeah, the, the family lore is no Navy beans. Uh, but he was on the prison ship for about four months, and then there was a prisoner exchange. And then he goes uh, back um, down south to continue his recruiting. I mean, he never gets out of the war. He never so goes home. He got exchanged? He got exchanged. Okay. Um, yeah. Got exchanged, he and his brother Hugh both. Do you know who he got exchanged for? I have no idea. It just says exchanged in the the pension records. And uh, he goes back down recruiting. And then, um, you know, he rejoins the Army. And he stays and is finally, and he's, excuse me, honorably discharged in 1782, you know, after Cornwallis, you know. Defeat at Yorktown. Yeah. So... And uh, What a fascinating story. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it was, it's, it's, kind of neat to know that I'm living in an area, you know, when I walk out on the Battle of Camden Battlefield, it's like, hey, this is where my six times great-grandfather and uncle, because right. they were both there, this this is where they were. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to go. We went to Calpins, and the same thing, they were at Calpins. And this year they're going to do the reenactment there at uh, Guilford Courthouse, so we're going to Guilford Courthouse. So when you go to and you, and you reconstruct the battles of Camden and Calpins, uh, do you see what part of the line he's in on the battlefield? Sometimes you can. Right. Sometimes you can. 
and it, it just depends on if you can get the map and say this is where if you know exactly like what unit he would have been in at that time right. and the pension statement always says you know who he was serving under who would have been his commander at that time right and you can kind of at least get an idea right an idea where he, where he would have been that is that's, that's a cool story well I appreciate that I, I think it's neat because it's family right and uh, you know it's it's not one of these really you know oh he didn't go and and you know hang major andre or anything like that but you know it's he was there he was there and he fought and he started the fight and he ended the fight he was in it from 76 to 82. i know you you look back on that and you look back you know on your family history and you have said that uh, you come from a family of fighters and who were were very very independent minded (laughs) and and, uh and that but do you in, in the history that you've researched do you find any of his writings that gave you a clue as to why he fought? Anything that I've read coming from him or the brothers, there's there's more from the brothers than it is him actually talking. Okay. You know, he gave his pension statement, and then in his pension statement, he has what he says, and then there's corroboration from Hugh Corey, and there's corroboration from two other soldiers. Yes, I saw him at Cowpens. Yes, he was at Brandywine. Yes, he was at Germantown. So they're corroborating that what he says is true and everything. And I, I just think from what I've been able to read from diary excerpts from the brothers and things like that is that they were just a family that said there's a job that needs to be done and we're going to do it. And, you know, and, and we came here to be to live like we wanted to and to be independent and to be independent from the British. That's why we left Ireland. Why would you leave Ireland, your home? You know, you weren't under the British rule of thumb, you know, under their thumb right there. So they came here looking for a new life, and then the British followed them. And they just weren't going to put up with it. Where that else is, was there to go? <laughs> that is fantastic. It is interesting to me that uh, if you go down to Burgall, North Carolina, you go to a, a little battlefield there. The governor of North Carolina enlisted the help of newly immigrated Scottish Highlanders mm-hmm. to fight on the British side. Mm-hmm. and Scotch-Irish from the Guilford Courthouse area and the over-the-mountain regions, they made the big trek down there outside of Burgall and fought. The Scots were fighting the Scotch-Irish is basically what it amounted to. So it's not just the Scotch-Irish thing, I th- and I think you can read into this. Uh, they saw this new land as their country mm-hmm. and something worth fighting for and that independent spirit worth fighting for. Let me ask you this in in that vein. What does liberty mean to you? I think liberty is the opportunity to achieve whatever you want to achieve, to be able to go out and do the things that you want to do. Now, we all have to, you know, you make choices, there's consequences. And I think that's part of it too, is that, you know, you make these choices, you face these consequences, and you work through those problems. But it's always living on your own terms and being responsible for the choices and decisions that you make. That's very good. Tell me a little bit about Liberty Live. Do you have any events coming up here soon? Uh, Well, of course, we always do Education Day for the Battle of Camden reenactment that we have every year uh, in November. This past year, it was the second weekend in November. Uh, And so we have it on that Friday. 
Uh, we've also sent out information to schools saying, hey, if you want us to come and, and we'll do a day for you. Well, we can, do, I mean, we can do anything. We can do a four-hour mini encampment. We can do an eight-hour encampment. We can do an hour-long lesson. Uh, everything that we do is try to, you know, to be hands-on and get the kids involved in the learning process of it. Uh, but we, we do have something coming up in March uh, over in Aiken at Aiken, uh, at the high school there, Aiken High School. Uh, they're going to do kind of a mini version of our education day that we did for the, the battle reenactment weekend. Uh, and then we're just kind of looking to see if there's some other things, other areas that we'll be able to fit into. It's, it's kind of with COVID, you know, we, we, we really don't know what is out there available to us yet because everybody's just now seeming like they're coming back online. Right, right. How can they reach it? Uh, all they have to do, again, is get on southerncampaign1780.org, click on the link that says Liberty Life, shoot me an email, and I'll get back with you. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you.